because Jesus got a hold of my life. Amen. Thankful he's holding us. Amen. I know my Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let it go. Now Jesus got into my heart, he got into my soul. Oh, I used to be oh so sad. Oh, now I'm just free and glad. Cause Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let it go. Sing it to him now. I know that. Got into my heart, got into my soul. That's your testimony. I used to be oh so sad. Oh, but now I'm free and glad. Oh, Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go. Sing it one more time. Oh, yes, Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let it go. Jesus got into my heart, he got into my soul. Oh, I used to be oh so sad, but now I'm free and glad. Oh, yes, Jesus got a hold of my life, and he won't let it go. Amen. Thank the Lord. Aren't you glad he got a hold of your life and he's not going to let go? Oh, what a wonderful thing that is. He said, I won't let go. It means you don't have to hold on to him. He's holding on to you. Yeah. Amen. Don't you love him today? Amen. Isn't he wonderful to us every day? Amen. In every way. Amen. Amen. We're going to read from 1 Thessalonians 2.13. But while you're turning there, I um, uh, thank you for your um, help in getting the fellowship hall floor done and... and uh, the finances and everything, it just blesses my heart to see uh, that done. And uh, the, the floor is done. You could walk on it, but uh, we'll, we're going to try to stay out of there for a few more days. But there is some appliances and stuff that needs moved. So if anyone wants to volunteer to help move those appliances back, that'd be wonderful um, if we could do that. And then uh, Sunday, we will be able to use the fellowship hall, but just exercise caution because it is a new floor. And we try to make it keep it looking new as long as we can, but the fellowship hall is there to be used as well. So we're going to try to. We got a the wedding coming up, of Brother Gabe and Sister Millie. So we want to make it look good for that as well. And they're going to paint in there as well. So if you've got stuff in there that would get paint on it, you might want to get that out. But I don't think Brother Caleb will get paint on anything anyway. But we don't know about Joel if he does any of it. <laughs> How good of a painter he is. So. Amen. You love the Lord tonight? The song said, I used to be so, so sad, but now I'm glad. Amen. Amen. That ought to be our testimony tonight. Sunday, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, or, or Well, we'll have our regular services, but I think I'm going to take both services Sunday. Some of the brothers will be gone, and, and uh, I want to focus on divine healing on Sunday. I, there's been so much sickness and things, and I think COVID... It's kind of shook us a little bit, but we need to know how to receive it, and we need to know how to keep it, because the devil's going to try to take away your healing. It's not like salvation, where once you're saved, that's it. He can't have you, but you, you can get your healing and lose it, 
So we want to know how to receive it and how to keep it. And so we'll, we'll talk about that on Sunday, the Lord willing. And you be here if you've got someone maybe on your heart that's sick. I know several of us are several uh, folks that are connected to the church. They've got serious, serious issues going on, and we need to be praying for them. But we believe prayer works, and so we're going to keep praying and, and keep doing that. But, but there's, a, there's a principle, some principles of faith that we need to apply in these things. And so we'll talk about that on Sunday and look forward to a good day in the Lord. First uh, Thessalonians 2.13, I want to pick up where we left off last Wednesday night. What is this message to us? Amen. I believe we're the bride, don't you? Aren't you happy to be the bride tonight? And this message must mean something to us. Because it's the message of the bridegroom. It's not a message from a man, but it's the message from the bridegroom. If you really know what the message is, it's not the man's message. Not the words of a man, but the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 For this cause also thank we God without ceasing... Because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Pray the Lord would add his blessing to the word this evening. I was listening to a, a sermon today, Brother Branham's called The Principles of Divine Healing, and it was Congressman Upshaw. Uh, that had gotten in the pulpit to give his testimony during that service. He'd come up about halfway through the service and, and begin to talk. And he said this, this is Congressman Upshaw's words, he said, uh, Brother Branham said, the congressman is healed. And I said, it's the voice of God. That's the way he received it. And we know Brother Branham's literal voice is not the voice of God. We're mature enough to understand that, right? Right? But he received it as if God was speaking to him. And when he did, amen. He'd been, he'd been crippled for all of those decades. And he got up and walked. Why? Because of the way he received it. You receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. You receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you get a righteous man's reward. But he received it as more than a prophet. This is God. And when you hear the word of God, if you receive it that way, it does something to you. It matters. Listen, it matters what atmosphere. And I don't want to get to preaching here and, uh, because we've got several things to get to tonight. But, but it matters what atmosphere you receive the word in. It matters if you get so busy that you can't, don't have time to even think. And, and you end up in church and your mind is scattered a hundred different directions. It's hard for the word to settle down on that. But if you can take enough time to say, Lord, I, I know I'm busy. I've got all these things going on. But I'm going to focus on what's important because I'm only going to be here for so long. Right. And we've got eternity to look forward to. But I'm going to focus on the word. And it will help you in this life as well. Right. Because if you need your healing, that word will speak. And you'll say, that's the voice of God to me. And when it does, it, it heals you. You right. receive your healing because you accept it for what it is. Right. Amen. You believe that tonight. Yeah. And Brother Branham put it this way. He said, the congressman, Brother Upshaw here, who was crippled for 66 years, he said, I never even touched the man in no way. Now, Congressman Upshaw said it's the voice of God. But Brother Branham said, I never even touched the man in no way. I just stood here. I did see a vision of the man. That is true. And then he just accepted what I said. Oh, if we could just grab hold of that simple revelation tonight. If I could just accept what he says. 
accept anything that God said. Amen. This is what God said. We can be rest assured. This is what God said. And the message of the hour is what God said. If we could look at it like that. Not that we're picking it apart, every little thing. But we could look at it and say, this is what God said. I believe it. Amen. Now, and we'll get into that and and what the message is. Now, the the message come from a prophet messenger. And I want to focus on that for a while um, the message come from a prophet messenger. When you study the church ages, you find that Paul was the pattern for every other messenger that followed. How many know that tonight? Brother Branham taught that very clearly in the church ages. And, and so when Brother Branham saw them behind the cur- beyond the curtain of time, we talk about this all the time, but he said, I said, I've preached the same message he did, speaking of Paul, and then millions raised their hands and said, we're resting on that. So it wasn't a different message. It wasn't another gospel because Paul said if he comes preaching another gospel, let him be accursed. Right? He can't come preaching another gospel. It's got to be the same thing. And, and if we look at Paul and Brother Branham, they had the same level of authority being prophet messengers, but in different roles. And this is important for us to understand that it's a different role. It's not, it's not, the, same, uh, it's not the same role. It's... it's uh, it's the same authority, but not the same role. One's at the beginning of the gospel dispensation. One's at the end. One is planting seed. The other one is harvesting that. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. Now, Paul is introducing the gospel to the Gentiles and revealing the message of grace. But the Branham's job was not to introduce anything, but to tie up the loose ends. In fact, he, he goes on to say he has no certain mystery. And I think I've got that a little bit farther on. In here, but he has no certain mystery. But he takes all the loose ends and ties them up together. What I don't like is when people start loosening them again, right? And untying them. Let's not untie the loose ends. He tied them up. Let's leave them tied up. So, Brother Branham's job is not to write scripture. Now, think about it for a minute. It's not to write scripture. That's not his job. We have the scripture, but to tie up the loose ends of the revelation of it. What loose ends? The loose ends left by the reformers. You go and find what Brother Branham said. It wasn't loose ends of, of the scripture as in like he's getting more scripture to add to it. But it's the loose ends left by the reformers because when Luther come along, he began to shed a light on the scripture. When Wesley come along, he began to shed more light on the scripture. Pentecostals, more light on the scripture. But they left off loose ends. And here comes the fourth messenger. Here comes Brother Branham's ministry, and he come to tie up those loose ends and bring it all together so we could see Christ because he is the word. Now, Paul is starting something. Paul is planting, as we said, Brother Branham is harvesting. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, he speaks of, Paul speaks of his ministry and Apollos' ministry. He said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Right? And so that was the time. Now, notice he doesn't mention harvest. He says, I planted. Apollos watered by the teaching, right? I planted by the evangelistic ministry and the prophetic ministry. Apollos watered. God gave the increase. But what's happening at the end time is the harvest. This is restoration time, which is harvest time. So it's not a new Bible. It's not a new, although the authority, the same prophet messenger authority is there as Paul had. But yet, it is not meant to be a scripture but it's the revealing of the scripture. Now, what is, what is this message to us? 
In fact, Brother Branham puts it this way. He said, we're not come together to talk about the message. We are come together to get in the message. Right? He said, and the message is Christ. Uh, Hallelujah. Do we believe that tonight? He is the word. That's right. We're to get into it, get beneath it. That's what we're supposed to do. The message is not books or tapes. It's not sacred places. It's not a family. It's not a church. It's not a preacher. The message is Christ. Amen. And Paul said, I preach Christ. Right? Isn't that what he told us? I preach Christ and him crucified. And Brother Random come to bring us Christ. And every part, when we look at the message of the hour, the, the whole revelation of it, it's a revelation of Christ. It's a picture of Christ. You take the seals, and, and Christ is the mystery of God revealed. And you take, uh, uh, you take all the sermons, and, and that, the ones that, that after 1963, when he's opening up the Word, what's he doing? He's revealing Christ, constantly, constantly revealing Christ to us. Right. Now look, not sacred places. It's not gadgets, right? It's not a a great ministry of some kind that's going to come along and give you a better revelation. In fact, Brother Branham tells us that we receive the message, the revelation of this message individually, not collectively. So it's impossible for me to give you a collective revelation that's better than a different church, right? Right? Because you receive the message from the messenger. That's right. And, and you don't have to, we don't have to play tapes in church for you to do that. Well, I'm fired up tonight. I'm going to have to calm it down. But we don't have to play tapes in church for you to receive from the messenger. But you receive the message because it is the message. No matter who's saying it, right? No matter who's preaching it, when you hear the message, the word of the hour, there's something that thrills your heart. There's an anointing with it. There's a power with it. No matter what, what it comes through, you get, it's the message of the hour. Right now, there's a power to that. Now, notice we there were three poles or phases to Brother Branham's ministry. We call this progressive revelation. Progressive revelation. God's dealing with Brother Branham in his ministry. Brother Branham said it this way. He said, "Notice the very day when this messenger, not when he starts on, but when he begins to declare his message." So there is a difference. He makes a difference between when he starts. And when he begins to declare his message, he said the first pole was healing, the second pole prophesying, the third pole, the opening of the word. That's where we get that phrase from, is that one quote, the opening of the word, the mysteries reveal. He said that no more, there's no more higher order to reveal the word than prophets, but the only way the prophet can be vindicated is by the word. We could stop and preach there for a while, right? He's not vindicated just by signs. Or by stories. He's vindicated by the word. Right? He's vindicated by the word. Amen. And he said, remember, the third pole was the opening of them seven seals to reveal the hidden truth that's been sealed in the word. Notice, the third pole was the opening of them seven seals. Right? In the past. We have access to it today. It's already been put away, cataloged. You know, it's not in a warehouse somewhere locked up anymore, right? But it's already been put in the store. If we could put it in a way we would understand it. It's been put in the store. It's been labeled. Here's your healing. Here's your salvation. Here's adoption. Here's election, 
Right? All these things that you labeled it for us. And all, as a minister, I'm not going out to label it. I'm not going to get it out of the warehouse. I'm going to get it on the top shelf and pulling it down that says, hey, here's healing and bringing it to you. Right? But I tell you what, you can go yourself to the scripture. And under the light of the message of the hour, when you read the scripture, the Bible becomes a new book. And you read the scripture, and it tells you, I'm the Lord God that heals all your diseases. And under the light of the message of the hour, what does it do? It makes you believe that. Amen. Because you believe a prophet, and you believe the word. Right? Now, now, Brother Branham had the same authority that Paul and Moses had. Yes. It's very clear from the message and just from the description of his job. He's a prophet messenger. But he did not have the same job to do. The scripture was completed when John wrote Revelation. In Revelation twenty-two eighteen. it says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, from the things which are written in this book. But what was his job? To open it. Right? Actually, the lamb opened it. And it was his job to tell us what the lamb revealed to him. Right? The lamb opened it, handed it to him from the breach where we've just been through most of the breach. You could take that. He said the lamb handed it to his seventh angel, and the seventh angel preached it to the people. Right, so he didn't add or take away. Now, the scriptures, again, was complete. Every mystery lay in there. But the revelation of some of what it was was held back until the time of the end. That's, that's our time. That's the time we've seen. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the word, seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, knowledge shall be increased. Revelation 10, 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound. Remember, Brother Branham interpreted that. He said when he begins to, his message... He said, not when he starts on, but when he begins his message, he said, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants the prophets. The loose ends are going to be tied up. And we're going to be able to benefit from a full gospel. We're going to be able to benefit from seeing Christ in the scripture in a way that they haven't seen him all down through the church ages. What an exciting thing that ought to be. What a powerful thing that it is. That we could benefit from this, from this message that's come to us, that's opened up Christ to us. We shouldn't be sad sacks wandering around. And I'm not rebuking you tonight, but, but just myself. You know, you get down sometimes and you get worried and you wonder what's going to happen. I'll tell you what's going to happen. One of these days, our bodies are going to change. You say, well, so-and-so, they're, they're, they're losing their, their life slowly. I see they're getting older and they're going to die one day. But if they go by way of the grave, they're going to come up first. You're going to see them one of these days. How do I know the way that's going to happen? Because the message of the hour told me God came and vindicated in his word. Amen. He vindicated his word in this hour to me to make it real. Show me Christ. Amen. It wasn't some different thing from the scriptures. It was the scriptures opened up. Now, you don't have a certain mystery. He has no certain mystery, Brother Brown said. But he gathers up all that's been lost in the mother ages. All the truths that wasn't truly revealed yet. As the revelation come, then he reveals those things in his day. In his day. Right? So there's nothing left. Just to benefit from it. I tell you what. People are worried about Brother Branham coming back and revealing something else. I'm not worried about As Mark Twain said about the Bible. He said, it's not the things I don't understand I worry about. It's the things I do understand. That's what keeps me up at night. I want to live that. 
It's not the things that we don't understand about the message that is the problem. It's the things we do understand. <laughs> Live in that. Amen. Amen. If you're a young person here tonight, a child, you understand. If all you know is God sent a prophet, or maybe you're not even that. All you know, Jesus died for your sins. That's all you know. But you've got something. You can hold on to that. And you can understand that in a way that they couldn't in other ages. Because of the message of the hour. So because he gathered up all that was lost in the other ages. Now, they were building on the foundation. They were, they were planning. They were watering. This house would be completed in this, in this hour, in the evening time message. Ready for the capstone to come down on it. Amen. Amen. And now, Brother Branham says this. He said, he sent me back. He said, said that the time was at hand for these seven seals, which held the seven mysteries of the entire Bible, was sealed in with these seven seals. And how these angels down along the road, messengers of the church ages, but notice none of them were prophets except for Paul. Yeah. Paul was a prophet, but the Branham was a prophet. These messengers were reformers. Messengers of the church ages opened to a certain part of that. But in the seventh hour, the seventh messenger, all these mysteries should be finished. Yeah. Amen. Now, they took that to Brother Branham. When they heard Brother Branham say that, of course, Pentecostals being what they are, they loved it, something new, something shiny. And so they come to Brother Ram, and also theologians trying to trip him up. They come to him, and he said, someone has been, many has been saying to me, theologians said, Brother Branham, if the Lord God, with your experience that the Lord has given you for his people, he said, humbly saying this, you would be eligible to write a Bible yourself, your word, if God has manifested. I said, that might be true. See, he was trying to catch me. I said, but you see, I couldn't do that. He said, why couldn't you? You have all the qualifications. But I said, but you look, one word cannot be added or taken away. And he said, well, then them seven thunders, you see, wouldn't them seven thunders blasting out? Won't that be a revelation be given to some man? I said, no, sir. Then it couldn't be given to some man that claims he has a thunder revelation. Right? He said, it wouldn't be given to some man. Amen. He said, but... He said, uh, I said, no, sir, it would be adding something to it or taking something from it. It's all revealed in there. And the seven seals opened up the revelation of what that was. Amen. What did it open? The scriptures. (laughs) What did Jesus do on the road to Emmaus? He opened the scriptures. Amen. What was he opening? Their understanding. That's what we've been doing during this time, during these years of of, of receiving the message of the hour. What is the message to us? It's Christ walking with us down the Emmaus road. He's walking with us and he's telling us the scriptures. Not a man. We're not hearing the words of a man. But we're feeding on the body words of a son of man. And he says, oh fools and soul of heart. Didn't you realize that the bride was supposed to be without spot or wrinkle? Didn't you know there would be a bride that would have the same, the same thing they did back in Pentecost? And he tells us all of these things. Not, not a man, but Christ tells us these things. Are you with me now? But now you don't treat it the way you do the Bible. Because it's not the Bible. It's the opening of the Bible. Right? Now, without it, the Bible would still be closed. So it's absolutely necessary. You can't get in a rapture without it. I think I can, I can firmly say that. You have to have, and Brother Branham says that in questions and answers as well, you have to have the message of the hour to get in the rapture to be the bride of the hour. Oh, but I'm so glad that it was more than just a man's message. He didn't come as a theologian. But Christ spoke. Now look, 
Oh, my. He said, he said, it's all revealed in there. That's what it was. See, it's still in the Word. You can't get out of that Word. It won't leave the Word. Amen. So how should we receive a prophet's, prophet messenger's words? You receive it differently than you do a regular prophet's words. And, and again, I don't want to belabor the point, but someone said, well, this prophet says, but he's not that prophet. This was that prophet that was to come. Jesus said this was that Elijah. Right? Not just any Elijah, but that Elijah. The one spoken of in Malachi 3. Right? But, there, but Elijah shall come and restore all things. And this was that Elijah. Right? Amen. Amen. It's all through the scripture. Don't think you can't, you can't to defend the message with scripture. You absolutely can. We have nothing to be ashamed of. Huh? The, the, we, what we take, we take by, uh, by revelation, yes, but, and, and we believe it, yes, we don't doubt it, but it's in the Scripture. Huh? It's not something that's not. If you think it is, your, your understanding is wrong. Now look, not everything a prophet says is thus saith the Lord, but everything a prophet says matters. Now let me wade through this just a little bit. Not even everything a prophet said that was recorded in Scripture was thus saith the Lord. Now think about it. Moses standing there at the burning bush, or kneeling at the burning bush, took his shoes off, and he's on holy ground, and, and it's recorded, the words that he spoke. And I could read it to you tonight, but I don't have time. But he spoke, he's given all his excuses. Right? If everything a prophet says while he's a prophet is thus saith the Lord, then Moses' excuses are thus saith the Lord. Right? And, and, and he, he couldn't have gone and been the deliverer because his excuses would have been thus saith the Lord. Right? Now, but, but that don't make him any less to us. He's still Moses. He's still that prophet that God spoke to lip to ear. Amen. But God calls men. And this is very good for us to understand because we want to make our pastor more than a man. You probably, you probably recognize that I'm just a man. I hope that you do, but, but sometimes we want to make our pastor more than a man. We want to make, we're human. That's all we are. And when you quit trying to be Superman and Superwoman, you can wake up one day and say, hey, hey, I, I, I'm a human being, but I serve a God who can go beyond my humanity. I'm a human being, but I'm also a Messiah. I'm a human being, but I'm also a member of the bride of Jesus Christ. I'm a human being, but I'm also a part of the church of the living God. And here was prophets who were human beings, but they spoke the words of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Moses is there listing his weaknesses, and the Lord gets angry with him, but he was still a prophet. And Brother Branham said to Joshua, the new commander of the army, after Moses had passed on, seeing that God had stayed with him in his mistakes, he held his commission up. Who did? God did. God held up the commission of Moses in spite of his mistakes. Oh, that ought to give us confidence tonight. Amen. Oh, that, that helps me tonight to know that I make mistakes, but yet God holds my commission up to be a member of the bride in the last day. Amen. Amen. He held his commission up. No matter what Moses done, it was Moses' office that God respected. He was a prophet. He was above all the prophets. He was really more than any prophet they had. Why would they say he was more than a prophet? Because he was a prophet messenger with a message that would write almost the entire Old Testament. 
Paul is that in the New Testament. Brother Branham is that to us, but not to write a new book. How do you know that, Brother Ben? Because he said so. Right? It's just that simple. Now look, but touch not mine anointed. What does the scripture say? Do my prophets no harm. Do my prophets no harm. What does that mean? It means that you don't pick at them. We shouldn't pick at one another. Well, so-and-so, he, he's not as good as the other person. Make our ranks of preachers, our favorite preachers, and, you know, and list them from 1 to 5 or 1 to 10. Or, <laughs> have to list quite a ways to get down to your pastor. But, <laughs> but we've got to be careful about picking at God's men. Right? We've got to be careful about picking at each other. Right? Because you pick at each other, no, you can make everybody out of it. If you just look at the flesh, you can make everybody out of it. But he said, touch not mine anointed. Don't do my prophets any harm. So you don't spend all your time talking about the human side. But you talk about the fact that if you receive it, hallelujah, this is God to you. It's Christ speaking to you. You understand? You can't just fight from from a negative side. And some people have so much negativity about the message that they're afraid to even mention it. And they're afraid to bring it up. No, it's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. God sent a prophet in our hour as a positive thing. In spite, I'm not going to let some scarecrow or somebody who's made an idol out of it keep me from the promises of God. And the promises are, amen, the promises are yay and amen. The promises are positive, not negative. Hallelujah. Don't do my prophets any harm. Hey, man, there's no mistake. Now watch. There is no mistake. I'm going to have to slow down so you'll get this. In what God shows the prophet. No mistakes in that. There is no mistake in the visions. No mistake. But there could be a mistake in the human side. In interpreting the vision. Or not following it. Not obeying it. Now... Prophets are men. Now, Brother Branham speaks, he said there's only two times in his ministry that he disobeyed a vision. That's powerful to me. Look at that. And there's, if you look at it, there's two times he said he disobeyed a vision. There was other times, of course, being a man, he had mistakes like we all do. But, we, you know, we all have, if I had to look at how many times I had disobeyed the vision, if we could say this is the vision, yeah. right? Maybe not deliberately, but just got out of place. Right? Probably a lot more than two times. Right? But now here's a prophet who said, I disobeyed a vision. He said, only two times that I know of. And look, he said, I find out if God's spoken anything, he said, then we must go with that word. Church, I hope you see this. Because there's two, you know, we, we're predestinated. Do you believe that tonight? We're predestined. We're in the vision. But if we're in the vision, we must go with that word. In order to make it be fulfilled. If we're predestined, there's going to be a response from our life. And many times people miss out on the blessings of God. And God already knows. He already has it set out what you're going to do. But it's up to you. You can take that word. And you can believe it. And you can have your healing. You can have your salvation. You can live for God and be happy in spite of the trials of life. Or you can be down and you can be depressed and still be the bride of Christ. 
but it's what you do with the vision. Right? It's what you do with the vision. Are you hearing me tonight? You're still going to make it. But why live a life like that? But sometimes we miss the vision. See, so he said, we've seen that. He says, as I told you last night of a vision just recently. Now this, if you, if you run it back and you listen to Brother Biscoe's testimony, you'll find that this was the brown bear vision he's talking about. He just got back from that hunting trip where they saw the brown bear, but Brother Branham didn't get a shot off, and he never got that brown bear. And some people will tell you today, well, he has to come back and shoot a brown bear. But here's what a prophet said about it. He said, we've seen, as I told you, of a vision just recently. He said, see, I had to be there and warning to be there and telling me six months before to be on that spot and stand there and saying, go down there three times with them, and I just walked on with the other men. Oh, my. We don't do just what everybody else is doing. Stay with the vision. Right? He said, I just walked on with the other men, and the vision passed right through exactly God's part. See, the bear was right where he was supposed to be. Brother Branham wasn't. Right? The bear was exactly where he was supposed to be. Do you realize many times we miss the blessings of God, and the blessing is right where it's supposed to be? But we're just in the wrong spot. Maybe we missed church that Sunday. I'll just stop there. (laughs) Are you with me now? The vision passed right through exactly. Maybe God's got healing for you Sunday morning. Maybe there's something you'll accept it. You'll receive it. Something will be said. Something will be said tonight that you receive your healing. You receive uh, a confidence for your children. You you receive something from God. And something will be said to cement that down in your heart. Or maybe it will be at home when you're you're, uh, out there and you're doing something. Maybe you, you had a bad attitude or something and you fought that thing and you cast it out. And when you did, all of a sudden he revealed something to you. What was it? You getting right with the vision. It's been waiting there all the time. But he said God's part was fulfilled and I was left standing. I think God allowed that to happen. No one, Brother Brandon, would miss it so we could see it's possible to miss the vision. Right? He said, so we want to remember you've got to stay on the word. Just stay right with the word. And where the word leads, you go right in with the word and it'll bring you out all right, I'm sure. Oh, do we really believe that tonight? Wherever the word leads, you just go right with the word, and it'll bring you out all right. Now, a prophet can get in the flesh, because he is flesh. But even when he gets in the flesh, God still honors the office. And that's why healing is not based on how you're living. It's based on faith. You can have faith in who you are. Now, I say you'll have more confidence in asking if you are living right. Huh? And Brother Branham teaches that. The Bible teaches that. And many times the heart condemns us. But he said God is greater than your heart. If you could believe. Brother Branham said I've seen prostitutes. I heard him say it today. Cross through the prayer line. He said get healed. And a good godly Christian not get their healing. Why is that? Because they had faith. He said God spoke to me. <laughs> God spoke to me. Oh if we could only realize that. We'd only recognize what he's done for us in our hour. Not just when a, uh, we hear a tape, although that's, I do believe we should take it like that. But when we, when we hear the preacher, when we, hear, uh, when we read the Bible, it's God speaking. Yes. Right. As long as it's with the word, it's God speaking. Amen. 
Uh, we find that example of that in the Bible with Elijah and the she-bear. That wasn't the spirit of Christ. That was Eli or Elisha, rather. Elisha got in the flesh. He got angry. And God honored it for those children. Now, if that happened today, it would have ruined his ministry. Brother Branham went through a similar situation. And the Holy Spirit warned him, there's a trap set for you. Right? And he told the story about there's two... Uh, a couple sitting on the front, and they were doing it just to be, just to get everybody's attention. They were sitting up there kissing and hugging and carrying on up on the front row. Yeah. And right with Brother Branham, and it bothered him. But the Holy Spirit warned him there's a trap set. He said, and the Holy Spirit said, they are in your hands. What will you do with them? You see, Brother Branham said, God allows his prophets to make decisions. Many times, he said, his prophets, he don't tell them everything. He don't tell them what to do because he wants them to make a decision. Why Christ speak yeah. and go forward? He wants them to make a decision. And so the Holy Spirit warned him, there's a trap set. But he said, now they're in your hands. What will you do with them? And I can imagine if I was preaching and somebody doing that on the front row and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, they're in your hands, I wonder what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> and Brother Brown said, then I remember if it hadn't been the warning of the Holy Spirit two days before, I said... I'll forgive you. He said, now that was what he wanted me to say. <laughs> oh, church. Did you just realize, see, and, and so many times we're carnal because we think, well, I'm a child of God. I'm a I'm predestinated seed. If anybody's against me, man, they're going to pay the price. They might. Because God will honor that. Huh? Are you with me now? You could walk into the, in, into the car dealer. I'll pick on somebody who makes everybody mad. You walk into a car dealer, and, and they're going to fix your car, and, and they charge you way more than what they should have. You walk in there and, and, and with a bad attitude and, 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 and cause them to have a bad attitude towards you. That might affect their eternal destination. God will honor the fact that you're the elect. Touch not mine anointed. But if you had a better attitude going in, it might have saved their life. Are you with me now? <laughs> Brother Branham talked about going to Africa. This is the other time he said that he missed the vision. This was before the brown bear. He said, he talked about going to Africa. And he said, uh, you see, when I was over there, I disobeyed God. And I picked up uh, amoeba. He said, any man knows what an amoeba is, it's a parasite that nearly kills you. He said, and because I'd done something God told me not to do. God told me to go to a place and to stay away from this place and to go back over to another place. And I let the preachers talk me out of it. I'm not Brother Branham, okay? But I had preachers try to talk me out of coming here. And I had multiple preachers try to talk me out of coming here. But I felt like it was the Lord's will. And, and the timing and everything worked out and worked together for good. And, and, and I look at, back at it now and say, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I believe that. In spite of all of our stumbles and our failures, I believe we're right where we're supposed to be. I believe you're right where we're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be. But sometimes if you listen to preachers, even though I have tremendous respect for the ministers, but if I listened to them, I wouldn't be here. Are you with me now? And that's what they did to Brother Branham. He said, I'll let the preachers talk me out of it. Now, preachers are wonderful. I ought to take that and just frame it and put it back here somewhere in case you all forget it. That part of that quote, preachers are wonderful. <laughs> preachers are wonderful, and they're my brothers. But you mind what God tells you. That's right. He said, you got one mission. Yeah. 
Oh, God, help us to realize that today. How many remembers? He said one time there was two prophets in the Bible. He said one of them, the Lord told him, you go to a certain place and don't you, he said, go back, you go back another way and so forth. Don't you eat or drink while you're there. And another true prophet met him and said, the Lord met me after he met you and said, come by my house. And the prophet listened to what the other one said and lost his life by it. He said, see, you do what God tells you to do, regardless of what anybody else says. And that's why you got to be careful even with the pastor, because if you come to me, I'll have an opinion. Right? i got lots of opinions. You ask me, Brother Ben, should I do this? Should I take up this business? I'll tell you what I think. Right? If you want to come and ask me, you don't have to ask me. But if you come and ask me, I'll tell you what I think and try to be as scriptural as I can be about it and with the message of the hour. But that... But you've got to do what God tells you to do. Right? He's not always going to tell me to tell you what to do. He wants you to grow up. Right? And then we're talking about things, decisions you can make where the word doesn't say one way or the other. Right? It would be right with the word. If it's wrong with the word, that's a different thing. But, but see, you've got to do what God tells you to do regardless of what anybody else says. So we don't disrespect a prophet. But you take your understanding of what a prophet says back to the word. What's the prophet doing here? A true prophet, but you've got to take it back to the word. What did God tell you to do? And you've got to stay in the vision, which is, this is the vision of God for our lives. Stay in it. In Hebrews 1 and 1, the Bible said God in sundry times. He said that's old times and in divers manners wrote the Bible by the prophets. He said, now notice he wrote the Bible by his own chosen way. Are you all still with me tonight? I know I got out here early, so I've been a little while, but we got just a little, little ways to go, so just hang with me for a minute, and we'll still get you out early. He said, but God in sundry times, old times, and in diverse manners wrote the Bible by the prophets. He said, notice he wrote the Bible by his own chosen way. See, he said, now he didn't have to write it that way. Neither did he have to save man by blood. Oh, God. He didn't have to preach the gospel by man. He could let the sun of the moon and the stars preach the gospel. But he, he could let the winds hum the gospel. But he chose men. And he chose the way his word came. And that was by his prophets which were predestinated and foreordained. Being a part of God's word. Declaring the revelation of his word to that age and that time. For the word of God came to the prophets only. Never does it come to a theologian. He said show me the scripture. It comes only to the prophets. God cannot lie. So God wrote the Bible by his chosen method. And his own chosen prophets. And when it was done, he said, if any man add to or take away, his name will be taken out of the book. Right? That was his chosen method and his chosen men. But he had a chosen man to open it up to us. That's the message of the hour. God wrote the Bible by his chosen method, his own chosen prophets. Not the prophets man had chosen, but the prophets God had chosen. Then it's believers. Are you a believer tonight? It's believers watch for the fulfillment of what their prophets said. Amen. Hallelujah. And, hey, man, I'm not looking to doubt it. I'm looking for the fulfillment of what my prophets said. Hallelujah. It's believers watch for the fulfillment of what their prophets said. And that's identification that they are God's prophets. Because first they're inspired. He said, next they stay exactly with the word of the hour. Yes, sir. Right. Then that's his credentials. Yes. That's his credentials. Yeah. Not who's, what his last name is. Not what church he goes to or didn't go to. But his credentials are he stays with that hour. Right. Hallelujah. See, the world and the people are watching for some little outlet, he says. Some little bypass 
some little shortcut. But there is no shortcuts in the Word of God. There's one pattern. You must cut yourself to fit that pattern. See, circumstances will cut you differently than the Word will. That's why you can't ever let circumstances have too much of an effect on your life. I know some of you have been through hell and back, to put it that way. Excuse me for the language, but it's just the way it is. You, you have, you have, you've seen some things. You've been through some things. But don't let your, the, the pattern of your life be cut by the things you've been through. Are you hearing me tonight? The pattern of your life has to be cut by the Word. The Word says I'm supposed to have joy. The things I've been through may take joy out of my life. But the Word says joy was the fruit of the Spirit. The Word says I'm supposed to have healing. My family, diseases may run in my family. But the Word says. Are you with me now? The Word says. Hallelujah. Maybe your family all died young. And you look at that and say, well, I'm just going to die young. But the Word says. Stay with the Word. He's the God that heals your diseases. Stay with that. Stay with the pattern of the word. There's one pattern. You must cut yourself to fit that pattern. Not try to cut the pattern to fit you. He said everybody must do that. That's the only way God has of doing it. Hallelujah. So you see, as we began talking about at first, he was a messenger of fulfillment, a messenger of harvest. Now you look at Micaiah when he come with, and after Elijah's message, and Micaiah was a prophet like Elijah was. Elijah prophesied it, but Micaiah was there at the fulfillment. Elijah said the dogs will lick Ahab's blood. Micaiah said it will happen because a lying spirit got on Ahab's school of theology. So Micaiah explained how it would happen, but it was, with, it was Elijah's words. You understand? One was at the beginning of the prophecy, the other one at the end. One at the dropping of the seed... The other one, when it come to harvest. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah, look at, the, look at Isaiah. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him. <laughs> There's coming someone who the Lord will lay on him, the iniquity of us all. This is what Isaiah is saying. There's a Messiah coming. And, hey man, my iniquity, your iniquity, my sin, your sin, will be laid on him. He, he said he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Man. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shearers is done. So he opened not his mouth. Isaiah is saying, Messiah will be a lamb. But John, amen, standing at the fulfillment of the prophecy. Are you with me now? Isaiah at the beginning of the prophecy said he will be a lamb. And John standing at the fulfillment of it said, behold the lamb. You see what the message is to us. The Bible is the prophecy. But here stands one at the fulfillment of it. Hey man, the Bible said, we, he said, he said, look at John, no selfishness in him. He never took any glory. They tried to call him the Messiah. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? But he said, I'm not worthy to loose his shoes. But as soon as Jesus appeared, he had a sign, a pillar of fire, a light above him. Like a dove come down, a voice saying, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Notice, and John immediately said, he must increase, I must decrease. He presented the church to Christ. Amen. He said, we're told that in the last days, that will repeat again. Hallelujah. There is going to be a message come forth that will introduce the Messiah to the people, and it'll be in such a way. Listen, they won't all get it. 
The people standing there didn't all get it. They didn't all follow Jesus. In fact, John's own disciples, he had to tell them twice. Go read the scripture. He told them, behold the lamb. And they stayed with him. And finally he said, behold the lamb. And two of them left. But some of them still stayed with him. They never did find the opening of the word. They never did find the Messiah. They never did find Christ in it. They just stayed right with John. But here John was pointing to, amen, a perfect lamb. Hallelujah. It was an imperfect messenger. Hope you hear me tonight. Pointing to a perfect lamb. So his message was perfect because of who it pointed to. Are you with me now? I find no fault in a message like that. John made mistakes as a man, but Brother Randall said they'll stand dumbfounded like they did then. You know what happened, but he promised it. He said John made mistakes, or we know that John made mistakes as a man. Even wondering if Jesus was the Messiah after he introduced him. Brother Brandon said his eagle eye filmed over. Still was an eagle. Still had that eye, but it filmed over. And so it's, it's no wonder that there were times Brother Branham after, and I'm just be real plain with you tonight, but there's no wonder in the message, if you look, there's times Brother Branham talks about a tent, how he'd like to get out and go in that tent, late in his ministry. It's no wonder you look at that and think he, he wanted to do that. It was a desire that he had, but God took him home. Why? Because he'd already preached it. Amen. It already, he was going to preach those sermons in Jeffersonville, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, no. He said, that's to the Jews. Right? He said, you, you pre- your message has come. The seals have been opened. Amen. Now, here was John making mistakes. The people said, look at John. But I love the way Jesus handled it. When they come down there and said, look at John's mistake. He sent them back. He said, but the blind are being healed. And the word's being manifested. Right? And then he turned around to the disciples. And he didn't turn around and say, I can't believe John did that. After introducing me, what a shame he brought on me. After introducing me as the word, the lamb. And here he come around and, and ask if I'm him or should we look for another. He didn't say that. He didn't point out his mistakes. But what did Jesus do? He said, there's not a man born of a woman greater than John. <laughs> but I like the way he did it because he's still a man. There's not a, oh my, there's not a man born of a woman greater than John, but Jesus was that perfect man. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. The message, listen, this message is more than a doctrine, but it is pointing to the person of the word back in the church again, doing the same thing that he did on the day of Pentecost. Are you with me? It's more than a doctrine. It's more than a set of rules. It's more than just a man telling us something and us, us doing it. But it's Christ. Listen, John pointed to Christ standing on the earth, stood in the water, and the word came to the prophet, and he pointed to Christ standing there. But Brother Branham pointed to Christ where? In you. Go listen to Christ as the mystery of God revealed. What was, the, what was he doing in this hour to come and veil himself? Listen to the unveiling of God. Brother Branham's not just talking about a prophet. He is talking about a prophet. He's talking about prophets, plural. But he's talking about us. He identified, one identified Christ on the earth. <laughs> one identified Christ in the earth. Yeah, right. Are you with me now? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Because he had to come back in us. Yes, sir. 
in full manifestation of the word. Christ was in Luther, Christ was in Wesley, Christ was in Pentecost, but it wasn't in his fullness. But now as a body, as a group, because we're the bride, he's in his fullness. We have to believe that or the message didn't work. And we believe it worked. Oh, but so-and-so made a mistake. There's not a, there's not a people born of women better in this earth than the bride. I'm not going to point out their mistakes. <laughs> but that's where Christ lives. Are you with me now? Not just to present, bring a doctrine, but to present a bride to Jesus Christ. God does, listen, Brother Brown said, God does his own choosing by predestination. I'm closing in just one, one moment. He said, he chose the prophets for every age. Notice it, he said, he fixes the nature of that prophet to fit that age. Oh my. He fits his style, whatever he does. He fits him whether he's educated or not educated. He fits the gifts, the manner that he'll preach in, the gifts he'll have. And the message for that certain age, God's predestinated that certain thing to happen, and there's not another thing can take its place. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I don't care what it is, how many man-made achievements, nothing can take its place. He predestinated the man, maybe an ignorant man. He might have predestinated him another kind of man. Whatever he is, he gives him his class, his gift, give him his nature, his style. That ought to make you preachers feel better about the way you preach. Because you're a messenger on a lower level. None of us are a messenger to the age, but we're a messenger to somebody. Right? If we're a messenger to somebody, God gave you your style, your class, or lack thereof, your gift, the way you spit. Are you with me now? Not that we don't work on those things and try to do better, but God made you a certain way to appeal to a certain group of people. I realize there's some people I could never feed. Uh, in, in, by the word, the way I present it, it would, just, it would bother them. Something about my voice, my mannerism. But there's, there's somebody out there that can feed you the word because God promised it to have it in this hour. There's somebody out there. But I believe as a messenger, we got one that fit all of us. The messenger to the age. Are you with me now? He predestinated him to this age. Nothing can take his place. He might have predestined another kind of man. He gives him his class, his gift, give him his nature, his style, whatever it is, how he expresses himself, whatever he does. He makes the man of the hour to catch the people of the hour. And that's why Brother Branham, didn't, he didn't copy John in this sense. He was a man of the wilderness. He had that same spirit. But he didn't go out there and put a camel's robe on and a robe of camel's hair and eat locust and wild honey. Brother Branham liked nice suits. Something a lot of people don't know about him. He liked nice suits. He had nice suits. You go listen to newspaper accounts. Very early, he was, he was poor and didn't have them. When people started giving him suits, he wore them. He liked, he was, he, they called him Natalie Dressed. That was the word back then, I guess. Natalie Dressed. He had, he always but, he had his button buttoned and he had his suit on and all of that. He was, he, but he was a man for that generation. You understand that would stand in front of him. A man for the time. Right? And, and there was something about John that attracted the people's attention. They, they did a seminar here at Oral Roberts University some time ago. I believe it was Oral Roberts University or maybe Wheaton College. And they brought in Brother Perry Green several years ago uh, and, and, and said, you, you witnessed Brother Branham's meetings. How did he get so many people to come? Because yeah. he was basically illiterate when, the way they thought of it as far as being able to speak and things like that. How did he get so many people to come? He was a man for the age. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Amen. And John was a man for the age. He got the people's attention. He was standing there in the water with camel's hair on, 
big, great big beard, bushy, bushy haired, standing there, a wild man, the people thought. But he caught their attention. What a contrast between him, oh my, and the Pharisees. And everyone looked at him. It was a curiosity. He was assigned to the people. But what did he do when he was standing in the water when he saw Jesus coming? Amen. He cried out. And when he cried, everyone looked at him. Right? Because if you didn't know who Brother Joe was, Brother Joe Wade, if you didn't know who he was, and I stood here and I cried out and I said, Behold, Joe Wade. Right? He's an undertaker. Now, what's the first thing you would do? When I said, Behold, you look at me, right? Behold, you look at me. But then you look to see what I'm pointing at. Because unless you look to see where I'm pointing, you never see him. You don't know who he is. Oh, you hear me tonight. And people, the message, the sign, the gift caught people's attention. Amen. But he was standing in the water pointing to Christ the word and saying, Behold the Lamb of God. Not behold my Baptist, my Methodist, but behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he stood there when he cried out, the bride, we, we, our attention was caught with the rest of the people. The messenger caught my attention. The message, uh, the, what we call the message when we talk about books and tapes and all those things, and we talk about that, it, it caught my attention, the, the gifts. I still like going. I did it today, went and listened to a bunch of prayer lines. I enjoy that. It caught my attention. But what was he saying? Not behold William Branham, but behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It was a perfect introduction. Hallelujah. And that is an absolute. It doesn't... I mean, he wasn't a man. He didn't say things, 700 instead of 7,000, things like that. But the introduction, he introduced you to an absolute word. Are you with me now? A perfect message, just like John's was, because it pointed to a perfect word, Christ. Because that was his purpose. And a prophet stood there, and Christ is the mystery of God revealed. If you haven't listened to that lately, it's a long tape, but go and listen to it. And just really ponder on it. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. It had three a threefold mystery. And, and it was Christ. The second one was to have the preeminence in his church. So we could go back like Adam and Eve in the garden again. But first, he's got to have the preeminence in his church. And he could not have that under denominational ages. He had to have it in the message of the hour. And so a prophet stood there and preached that long sermon and said the second pole is in or the third pole has begun. What was he was pointing to Christ the word. Here he is. And the Bible said he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in, how many things? Someone say all things. All things he might have the preeminence. Amen. Musicians, go ahead and come. Let's give him the preeminence in our worship. Let's give him the preeminence in our services. In all things, we don't worship a man. We're not feeding on a man. In all things, Christ has the preeminence. In all things, the word has the preeminence in our life. In all things, we, we hold the word up. We elevate the word because that's what a prophet who caught our attention advertised to us. He said, here he is. We're not waiting on him anymore, but the full word is here. Amen. We now have a perfect interpretation of the word with divine vindication. Here it is. Here is Christ. If you can receive it, if you can receive it, that was Elijah. If they could, but if they really received Elijah's message, they received Christ. And if you really receive the message of the hour, it's not just a man's message. 
you receive Christ. Then you'll never be stumbled by the mistakes of a man or some website out there somewhere pointing them out. But you look at it and say, that man pointed me to a perfect word. Amen. Amen. There are no mistakes in that word. None. If there was a mistake in it, medicine wouldn't, wouldn't cure the Laodicean flu. <laughs> it wouldn't get me in a rapture. But there's no mistakes in the medicine. Mistakes in the human part. Mistakes in Moses' complaints. Mistakes in the way he sometimes did around the house and everything else. We're not looking at the human part. We're looking at Christ, the word. Let's give him the preeminence now in our worship. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight and we thank you. We thank you that you desired the preeminence. Lord, because we were not worthy to take the book and to open the seals, even a prophet was not worthy, but you desired the preeminence so that the word could be lifted up. And so you came, amen, in a body of flesh and become the lamb, fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy, identified by John, and came and was died on an old rugged cross and raised again on the third day. And then you come in this hour and you took the book, opened the seals, gave it back to your prophet to give it to us. Lord, how we value that. Not because we lift up a man or give him the preeminence, but we value that word. We value the opening of that word. We'll stand for it. We won't walk around criticizing it all the time, but we'll stand for it because we believe. Amen. We believe. I didn't hear the words of a man. I was crippled. When I come in, just like the one that come in the tent was crippled, but when they went through the little room, they come out shouting. When I come into the third pole, I was crippled in my thinking. But when I, as I'm walking through, my thinking is being healed. I was crippled like Congressman Upshaw, crippled in my thoughts, crippled in my faith. But this word is bringing about a body change from the inside out. It's bringing about, Lord, something that that'll re-inter- will introduce me to you and has done so, and I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to value the message of the hour. I preached these two sermons, Lord, and kind of out of character maybe a little bit, but I just wanted to get across to the people how we should value the message of the hour. Not because a man said it, but because it's you, Lord. It's you speaking through the lips of a prophet and getting to us the message. Not writing another Bible, but opening up the word. But we could see it. We could believe we could receive the prophet, and then we could receive you. I pray you'd grant that, Lord. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you, Lord. May we make you preeminent in our worship and everything that we do. Lord, in this church, have the preeminence, Lord. We don't want to fall back into being a, a Baptist or a Methodist. That's not what you said to behold. But behold the word, the lamb, that takes away the sins of the world. Grant it, Father, we pray. We thank you for these people patiently listen Lord I pray the word would take effect in their lives as they receive it as the word of God we pray in Jesus name amen 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 would you just worship him a moment stand together hallelujah thank you Lord you feel the pull of the word tonight is there something that 
that calls you to the message of the hour. If you feel that pull tonight, just step out in faith. Say, Lord, Lord, I believe. I want you to have the preeminence in my life, the preeminence in my worship. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Before Brother Helen comes, would you just talk to him for a moment? 
Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. I worship you today, Lord. I thank you for being who you are, for being preeminent, and for opening up the word to me so that I could see beyond my denomination, see beyond my family, see beyond what I've been through so my life could fit the pattern of the word. I'm so thankful, Lord, that the message of the hour come by my way. What would my life be without it? What would it be without the word? What would it be without you being preeminent in my life? I'm so thankful, Lord. If, you, if you'll be thankful like that, begin to give thanks. You, you'll begin to receive your healing. I believe you'll begin to receive, even before Sunday morning service, you just go believing and saying, Lord, I believe that I'm going to receive what I've asked for tonight. And, and, and there'll be such a power of God that'll come down. It'll be able to deliver you from everything. I believe he can do that. Amen. You just worship him now. As Brother Allen comes, oh, in the presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. speaking to us. Just be remembering the service coming up this Sunday. Just be in prayer that God would just move and, and just uh, and, and speak to us again. Amen. And just uh, just that he would anoint Brother Ben just to say the right things and, and just also anoint us to be in the right spirit when we come. Amen. 
Amen. Just be remembering that. Remember the request as well. Be praying for those that are sick. Amen. The Lord will just bless them and send a special touch their way. Let's sing that.